Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. Keeping you connected to our community. Brought to you by Colin Hartigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Welcome back to another episode of Fort McMurray Matters. I'm Adam Mofis, and today we're playing an interview that I had with Acting Superintendent of Fort McMurray Public School Division, Annalee Nutter, uh, a conversation we had on Friday. I wasn't able to put it up in time, but the fact that kids are going back to school today, definitely going to be a good listen to kind of know what kids are getting into this week for sure, as this is the first day back. So I'm going to take it away to the interview where I just asked uh, Miss Nutter to introduce herself. Uh, my name is Annalie Nutter. Um, I was the Assistant Superintendent of Education and uh, recently was appointed as Acting Superintendent. I've been with the district for about 19 years um, as a teacher, a school administrator, and uh, now at district office. Um, I'm originally from Saskatchewan, so I'm used to this cold weather. <laughs> and uh, I actually worked in northern Saskatchewan for 10 years. Um, so I am quite familiar with the cold and uh, have been in Fort McMurray for, I think it's about 19 years now. So I consider myself a, a Fort McMurrayite now. <laughs> 19 years, honestly, for the amount of people I see come and go, 19 years, yeah, I think you've made the cut for sure. <laughs> um, I did want to ask you, so like you've moved into acting superintendent now from being assistant. Um, does that, is that going to become full-time is this just a temporary title of saying acting is it is that acting going to go away or how does that work um so i was appointed as the acting superintendent to give the board time to do their search for a superintendent um i may apply if i if i have a great experience here and i feel like it's something that i want to continue to do i i'm able to apply um so i'm really taking this as a learning opportunity right now um, for myself um just trying to although i was here working with the superintendent i don't i don't know all the details of her job and everything that she did on a daily basis so i'm i'm learning it's definitely a, a curve for me to uh, take on this position. Um, and yeah, perhaps I will apply and, uh, and or maybe I will decide I want to go back to my um, assistant superintendent position, which is an option, and somebody new will come in. You know what? That's actually kind of a really nice thing, I would think, on your point, because normally, like you said, if you don't know if it's something for you and you just have to apply for it, but this kind of gives you that uh, dip your toes in the water to see first. That, that's actually really nice. It is. You know, um, I had this same opportunity when I said I didn't want to be a school administrator. I had a short term offered to me to try it out, and I liked it, so I continued with it. Um, my mentor, who I had at the first school that I was at in Fort McMurray, um, always told me that, you know, an opportunity is going to come, and you should take it, and this is the best opportunity. When you get that short term time to be in a position and get a feel for it before you make a decision whether you want to continue that. So yeah, I, I, I know Fort McMurray is filled with opportunities like this and you have to take those opportunities. 
Oh, for sure. And, you know, and that's that's the thing, right? That's why, you know, you being here 19 years is is a big thing because Fort McMurray is filled with opportunities, whether it's people coming and going to start their careers or whatnot. Um, it definitely is. I do want to jump into it because we're, we're right on the precipice of uh, school starting yep. back up on Monday. And how is it feeling there uh, between uh, with staff? Like, how, how are the thoughts starting back up on Monday to in-person learning? Well, I do know that um, we all know and feel that the best place for students is in the school for their mental health. Um, they need to be in around their peers and socializing and, more importantly, in the room with the teacher who's there to support them. We can pivot to online, and we are learning every time we've had to pivot how to do that better each time. Um, the staff feel the same. They want to be in the school. They didn't. They were anticipating a closure similar to Ontario, where we would be online right away. Um, and I, I did see comments in here that, you know, that's not what we want. And they were thankful when that didn't happen. But being from Fort McMurray, we know the context is a little bit different. We don't have a lot of substitute teachers. Um, so when staff do get sick, that is um, what it's going to be a wait and see for next week. How many staff are actually going to be sick with Omicron or COVID or other illness that requires them to isolate because of their symptoms? And how many backfills do we have in those teachers on call? And uh, are we going to be short? Um, we already experienced in November and December, there was uh, some days when we had 20% absenteeism rate between our teachers and our educational assistants and running a school uh, with that high rate, uh, running the system with that high rate of um, absenteeism was not uh, optimal. Uh, it's actually quite troublesome because we have to cancel the Z and music so that those teachers can go cover or the principal's teaching and the vice principal are teaching and then there's nobody in the office. So it really interrupts the inter operations of the school. So right now we are just, it's a wait and see. And uh, uh, everybody's, I can feel the anxiety is starting um, because we don't know what's going to happen. We're going to take our first break here on Fort McMurray Matters. But when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation that we had on Friday with Acting Superintendent for the Fort McMurray Public School Division, Annalee Nutter. We'll return in a moment to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Colin Hartigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. We're back here with Fort McMurray Matters. If you're just tuning in, you missed before. This is a conversation, an interview we had with Acting Superintendent for the Fort McMurray Public School Division, Annalee Nutter, had this on Friday. But given the kids are going back to school today, I figured it is a perfect time to hear that interview. So how about we just jump right back into the conversation. So I had this later down in my list of questions, but you kind of mentioned it, so I'm going to bump it up. And that was, like, I've heard before that substitute teachers here, well, in general are difficult, but in Fort McMurray, extremely difficult. What happens if, well, if you can't get a substitute teacher in, like, who teaches these kids? Do you have to, does the teacher have to teach at home through online with kids? How does that work? No, if they, if they're sick, they can't teach. Um, if, if, if we can't backfill with our, if we have no availability of teachers on call and teaching assistants on call, um, what we've done in the past is we have the option with government to um, roll a class of students, per, let's say, um, to online learning with the teacher. 
So that is something that we can decide at the division level. If a whole school needs to go to online, that is something that we have to contact the ministry about, and they're they're promising a very quick turnaround, and we've already experienced this in December. Um, we had a quick turnaround, and they approved it, and we were able to, um, you know, close the school and move them to online. And then the same goes for the entire district. Should we, heaven forbid, have to shut down the entire system, uh, that would have to be approved through the ministry. So there are options there. And in the meantime, we make do with what we have internally, like I said, with vice principals, principals, uh, school counselors, phys uh, ed, music teachers, specialty teachers. We do what we can. We know we can't combine the kids in classes. We, can't, we have to keep them in their cohorts, particularly in elementary. So that would be an option any other time. But during COVID, we have to keep them separated. So we, back, we cover the best that we can. Is there any changes that kids or parents can expect, or is it going to be similar to how they were pre-holidays? Uh, is there any changes this uh, come around on Monday? Well, I do know that the ministry is updating their isolation. They have updated their isolation protocols, as you probably already know. Um, so, the, the, you know, they have to isolate for five days if they're vaccinated. Um, and then after that, they continuously mask for the following five days. So they could come back to school after five days as long as they're continuously wearing a mask. That is problematic for eating time Yes, because we're being told they cannot take their mask off to eat with their peers. So we would have to find a space in the building for the student to eat in isolation, which, you know, that's going to affect the mental health of that student because they're, it looks like they're being excluded. However, this is coming from Alberta Health Services. Perhaps we will ask if parents might be able to pick up the student if they are coming back um, after that five days of isolation. Could they go home for lunch and then come back? Now, that's a problematic in our community because we have a lot of parents working. So if neither of those are possible, the student may have to stay home for those extra five days. I also know that there's a new um, daily checklist coming out through Alberta Health Services. Um, it's not out yet that I'm aware of as of yesterday. Um, and so that will be something that we make sure we put on social media for parents. And that's the most important thing is to do that daily checklist. Just going to jump in here. Future, Adam, that daily checklist was put out late last night. So if parents could check that out. It does have everything updated on it and the new rules as well with the new rapid at-home testing kits. Back to the interview. I do know as well that the ministry has developed um, an e-learning hub which is supplemental to what the teachers are doing. It's not to replace any teachers, but for grade four to nine, there will be an online e-learning hub available, um, videos focusing mostly on literacy and numeracy for grades four to nine. Um, and later they are, are saying they're going to do some live tutoring as well. And this is kind of to help that gap in learning that's happened um, because of COVID. Why grade four to nine? Well, we've already got supports in place for grade one to three. We've got grade two to three instructional. We've got teachers in helping students with literacy and numeracy specifically for those grade levels. Um, so this will be in addition to those students. There's, I think the rest is pretty much, uh, you probably heard that diploma exams are canceled for January and the rest of the year is still up for discussion. Provincial achievement tests are still happening. As far as we know, they did say more to come. So there, I think there's still more information to come from the ministry. Okay. And that's generally kind of what was covered uh, when you guys had your, like all superintendents throughout the province had their video call with Education Minister Adrienne Lagrange. That's kind of like what was covered there? 
Correct. We didn't meet with the minister. Uh, we met with the deputy minister for mm. that. We're just going to take our last break here on Fort McMurray Matters. But when we come back, we're going to continue that interview we had with acting superintendent for the Fort McMurray Public School Division, Annalee Nutter. On Friday, we had this. We'll be right back. We'll return in a moment to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Colin Hardigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Welcome back to Fort McMurray Matters. If you're just tuning in, we're going back to an interview on Friday that we had with Acting Superintendent for the Fort McMurray Public School Division, Anna Lee Nutter, to discuss kids starting back uh, in classroom learning today. But we had just recently discussed some of the new things that were happening, and this is kind of the part of the interview where we shifted gears just a little bit. I had seen you, you tweeted about for upcoming PD Day, meeting with uh, Gail and Wilson, I believe it was? Yes. Now, that was covering, uh, I think, what was on there before, covering diversity in schools is what that was? Yes, we actually, um, we have our annual professional development day, which is happening on January 14th, and our focus is on diversity inclusion, um, and so she is one of the sessions that teachers will have, uh, she's one of the speakers that teachers will have an option to listen to um, and learn from. Uh, we have quite a variety uh, coming in. Um, we actually have one of the co-founders of uh, Black Lives Matter Canada will be the keynote speaker for that day. Um, and then we have local experts as well, such as the uh, Multicultural Association, who have people, representatives coming to do sessions with staff. So we're pretty excited about this day. Um, we, we, don't, we haven't had an in-depth day like this before. Um, we have pockets in all the schools of, of everyone doing different things. And so we're hoping to learn more and come up with some plans as a division in the future when it comes to diversity and, diversity and inclusion. This is teaching just kind of get it out there for staff. And then as a group, you guys will go back and try to hash out best and or better ways that you guys can do it? Yeah. Exactly. And maybe a district plan will become uh, something in the future. Uh, as a new acting superintendent, I don't want to make changes and start new things um, in case I don't roll over into that new role and a new superintendent comes in and wants to take something on. But if we can start something, um, you know, some ideas and have a plan ready so when that new person comes in, we can share it with them and we can get their opinion and see what, they, what their vision is. For something like this changing, does this have to be on a division level? Can an individual school say, you know what, we're going to do this? How does that work? Yeah, actually, lots of schools are already doing things. For example, I was just on the phone this morning with Christina Gordon Principal Richard Thorne, and they actually have a specific advocacy committee for inclusion at their school. Um, which one of the parents slash teachers um, leads and uh, has an interest in. So I know that that's at Christina Gordon. Uh, Christina Gordon. I know that a number of our schools have GSAs. I know that there are different cultural activities happening in some of our schools who are very multicultural, multicultural. and so they are. They have participated in the past in Human Rights Day with the Multicultural Association, for example, and developed ideas that they could take back to their schools and, and implement. So I'm not saying nothing's happening. There are pockets of things happening. These, um, this professional development day will help teachers develop their knowledge and maybe get some ideas of ways they can bring things back to their classrooms. 
Pride YMM is another one of the groups that will be there. We have a group from Edmonton supporting autism. Um, We have some students who are speaking and providing their perspective on how it feels to be a student in a minority. And we have, uh, who else is coming? We have some people on equity coming in. Um, We have a, a lady from the community coming to speak about her time and her journey from Afghanistan to Canada and being in a refugee, a refugee camp. So we have quite a sp- span of different activities happening, and we're, we're really excited about this day. And that's for PD Day. And then what happens, like, um, I mean, how do these things get implemented into the schools? Is it, is it like once, uh, once a month you'll have a cultural day? Is it um, speakers mm. for each classroom? How does that end up working? So as a teacher, I may, I may pick up something from one of the speakers that I find I could do in my classroom, um, and then I just go ahead and implement it. But we don't really have a vision for the division when it comes to this, and that is what we will work on in the future. Um, we will, at the end of the day, there is an hour or so of time, a block of time for schools to get together after they've had all of their presentations to sit and talk about what they've learned and maybe spark, start some of those ideas at the school level. So as a staff, they will talk together about what they heard. Some of them will have heard common uh, messages from the groups that they did see, and they might come up with a plan, a mini plan at that, uh, at the end of that day. How much freedom does a teacher or principal, like how much freedom are they given to do some of this on their own? Like, how much do they have to run through a uh, teacher, through the principal, a principal through through you, uh, and you through uh, higher echelons as well? How much freedom is there? Well, we have a curriculum that we ha- that's our job is to follow the curriculum, and the curriculum um, has some of these um, topics in within them. So that is not a difficult thing to. Um, you know, be able to do in the classroom. Um, if there's something that they feel um, some people might think is controversial, then of course they're going to go to their principal and talk about it with the principal and, and assess um, what that's going to look like and how they have to consider the big picture for sure. Um, but like when I think of human rights, uh, there are many activities that teachers can do. Uh, I tweeted that out this morning, as you saw, maybe, the, the little book uh, from the Caring Society that was written by Cindy Blackstock, and it's uh, about Spirit Bear and talking what the children did and how, they, how she has worked on human rights for First Nations children. So, you know, just something simple like that, just bringing that to the grade two classroom, which I've observed through story and helping students understand that children have rights and some children aren't getting the rights that that they are deserved you know just many lessons like that are things that teachers can do right now to end us off here i kind of want to ask you is how is your excitement right now to coming in starting and you're acting superintendent how's the excitement feel well, I'm, I think I was gifted coming in this week and, and you know, not having, having the extended time because <laughs> I was able to meet with my team and, and uh, it feels good right now. Next, year, next week, I'm not sure. We'll have to see what comes of next week. Um, but, you know, I, I'll, I'm here to do my best and learn. Uh, I have a team to support me and uh, we've been doing a lot of teamwork together in preparation for this transition. So um, I'm pretty excited. 
I, I always told everybody I, I never would be a superintendent. I never wanted this position. But I also said the same thing about principalship and vice principalship. <laughs> so I think once you're in a position and you get a better understanding of what it's really all about, you become more comfortable. And then who knows, maybe I'll like it and, and maybe I will continue uh, as a successful candidate once the applications are recalled. I know in in past many leadership roles before, a lot of people say people who want leadership roles too badly are usually ones who don't do it well. And it's the reluctant ones that do it very well. And quite frankly, once I had heard the news out that uh, you had this, I'd seen nothing but good things to hear about you on social media. So from what I've heard so far, it sounds very good. Well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it might be a confidence thing. I don't know, but uh, yeah. I, I look forward to this learning opportunity and working with the board um, to continue to help our staff, to, our staff to develop so that they are able to prepare our students for success. Well, congratulations again. Good luck. Uh, I know it's going to be a tough week, but I, I know it's going to go well, and kids are going to be very excited to see all their friends again. Absolutely. Thanks, Adam. Thank you very much. Again, that was an interview we had with Acting Superintendent for the Fort McMurray Public School Division, Anna Lee Nutter, on Friday. This is all the time we have for today on Fort McMurray Matters, but if you missed it and you want to hear more, you can head to our website, mix1037fm.com, where a fresh episode of the podcast is uploaded every day. Just click on the news section. I'm Adam Ophis. Chat with you again tomorrow. That's the end of another edition of Fort McMurray Matters. Want a copy of this episode or any past episode? Download the podcast at mix1037fm.com. Brought to you by Colin Hardigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7.